0: Welcome to another episode of You're pretty far away. Room Temperature Podcast. Wow. I am your main host, Am Insider. Joining Amon Cider is your other main host, me. And we Park. With, with, with us with us today. Noah Cloud. That's right. Noah the the man, the myth, the legend. The, the Noah. The Cloud. All right, we're not gonna waste any time. We're pretty much gonna jump right into it. Yeah, we already kind of pre or not pre recorded. Well, actually, yeah, pre recorded. Yeah, um, this, this is out of order. Yeah, we just uh, recorded our conversation. Like we kind of started recording in the middle of it, so. It's gonna be like a game. You gotta figure out. Yeah, there's not a lot of context, but uh, I believe in you. I think you can figure it out. Yeah, and you know, without further ado, let's get right into it. That's right.
1: goodness, son of Here, here's what I say. Like, you have, you have creation, Mm -hmm. you have the world, and it's nothing, we didn't do anything to get it. It's just a, it's just being itself. It's a gift. Every day we wake up, and we have this planet of ours, with our friends, and our Yerba mates in the fridge, Mm. and our sandwiches waiting for us to be assembled at Jimmy John's. (laughs) <laughs> Stop. But but there's there's a possibility that that's not a reality that every day we wake up and it's just not not a thing. And so but but the idea is that we we lose this understanding of giftedness. You know, if you have a kid and you play peekaboo with them all day, they never they never get old sick and tired of it. It doesn't become old for them. You play peekaboo with them again, and every time they're surprised. There's something in that childlike innocence that receives things as, be- as just being, as a giftedness. And every time they're surprised, right? But over, over time, the sun rises every single day, and it's as if the creation is saying peekaboo to us. But we, we lose its, its sense of splendor, so to speak. The sun rises every single day and that in itself is a miracle. And yet we lose that sense of giftedness because the world becomes so thoroughly disenchanted. And it becomes disenchanted because the, the world is just so, so noisy and oppressive. Like, I'm sure if you, if you didn't have to worry about working a job and you didn't have to worry about getting money to provide for yourself, you would you would encounter the world as more of a gift. Mm-hmm. Or if there wasn't so much noise all the time and things to do and agendas to, you know, cross out that you could just be yourself and can you create into what this you woman. want to. Yeah, and that's what kids are. Kids are born in the world without any like immediate task. We don't like kids not born and we don't say, "Hey, do this or do that." Like, we just the kid just is
0: it makes you wonder i don't know i guess back to objective good and bad yeah if you're thinking about it a kid's born and they don't they don't have really any biases or anything like that yeah so as they grow older they're influenced by other kids who've grown older yeah you know it's it's like okay so what kids are born without bias and then they grow up and they start to get bias but we were all born without bias and then it I guess it just kind of comes to us what's good and bad and it's kind of what you are talking about before
1: yeah yeah there's a French anthropologist his name is René Girard uh-huh. and he makes the claim that all desire itself is mimetic. all desire is learned and imitated and shared um so it's like you learn what's desirable or not desirable yeah from from other beings like the social interaction is itself a category a catechism. It's pedagogical. It teaches us. Oh, those are two very big words. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what, uh, either of those. I'm are. gonna pretend that I know what those mean. Yeah. Yeah, but 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 our our, our interactions with one another are instructive. Mm-hmm. They they teach us what to desire, and what not to desire. And he makes the claim that all human violence, and sacrifice stems from when, two people want the same thing, mm-hmm. and then they can't have it, and so they conflict. Of that. or not only can they not have it but they both maybe they both can have it but they work with the assumption that they can't mm-hmm. that they both can't have it um hmm. when i was in uh a freshman at high school this is the summer before that semester we had a whole bunch of missionaries from maryland come over a whole bunch of girls and uh, i had one guy uh, his name is jake from canada and, uh, the, like the second night, can I just, you know, Jake sounds like a douche. I'm just going to defend <laughs> you right now.
0: Okay. I don't know what's going to happen in this story, but you Jake better, is a douche. Yeah. You're better than Jake. Jake.
1: <laughs> I don't like Jake. Oh, cool. So the, I get it. the, the, the second night, um, staying in my room and he's staying on my brother's bed. We're on, we're on a bunk bed and I'm on the top bunk. That's right. And we're just kind of like staring at the, staring at the ceiling or the wall in the dark. Just reflected on the day. And Jake said, Hey, did you think any of those girls were cute today? And I said, I I don't know. That would act in reality there was one girl that I did think was really cute. Her name was Shannon. You know, uh, but Jake, yeah. But but Jake didn't know that. Um, He's stupid. It's freaking Jake. And uh and uh and, but but Jake he said, Oh, I like this girl, Olivia. Oh. And um, I said, okay. I said, well, now that you think about it, I, I do like I do like Shannon. Right. And for the rest of that trip, for the next seven days, Jake would not talk to Olivia. He would only talk to Shannon. <laughs> Jake is <laughs> it, <it's> a douche. <laughs> and it really pissed, I knew it. <laughs> it really pissed me off. Yeah, and we had an open mic night at the coffee house, and uh, and he went up there and he says. This is like the day before everyone left. He said, Hey, I, before we leave, I wrote this song, and the song is for Shannon. That's oh. so big. And she sang, <laughs> sang the song, and of course, you know, she fell in love with him, and she didn't talk to me. Oh, dang. But, <laughs> but whenever I read Renee Girard, I'm reminded of that moment, and that caused a lot of conflict for Jake and I. Like, we stopped talking from that day. We never <laughs> talked again. And I saw him one other time when he came back from Canada. And uh, I just refused to even, like, look him in the Gave eyes. Gave him a cold shoulder. Because he, he... Yeah, he just pissed me off. But wait, I, is he still with Shannon? No, they don't oh. talk anymore. <laughs> that, <was laughs> that would have been sick, hilarious if yeah. he <laughs> like married <laughs> Shannon. No. Yeah, Shannon just got married last year to another guy. In fact... Uh, Shannon and I started talking again. Uh, this is about three years ago. Um, but then she told me we needed to stop talking because she found another guy oh, in North Carolina. Dang. Um, and after she said that, like, a month later, two months later, this guy proposed to her. And I saw the photos on Facebook. And he's a pilot. He, flew, he flew his plane with her and then, like, carved in, like, the haystacks or whatever... Was like, will you love me? Whoa. I know. It's pretty ridiculous. And that guy's also a douche.
0: Shannon. <laughs> <Yeah. has> t- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shannon. There's objectively hot men. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But. Oh. Further, okay, like he says <laughs> all deities, all gods, himself stem from a violent encounter that was that was so intense that it brought a sort of ecstatic and transcendent peace. So, like Thor, for instance, he would say that that Thor was a martyr. He was a human being who actually lived on the earth, and there was violence between him and someone else, and he got killed. But it brought such peace and like, um, like a group um, cohesion, group cohesion and solidarity that they memorialized his death with with stories, and uh-huh. over time those stories adapted. Um, so he says that all the gods, over time, are um, all the all all these sort of primordial violent events, these sacrifices became gods, and. In his research, he actually, um, he was, he was secular, but he converted to Catholicism because after he read the story of the crucifixion of Christ, he, he said that that was the the true myth, that it revealed all the other myths for what they were, because here you have a man who was sacrificed and he was innocent and through his death, we memorialize him as a god. So, Jesus is this sort of this turning point in history where we realize that the victims are all innocent, and and the guilt lies not with the victim but with the perpetrator of, of injustice. And, uh, and and we see that through his death is sort of uh, you know is the this ultimate group peace that was given to the world. Mm-hmm. And so the answer to conflict and the answer to violence is, sort of, is to identify with those who are oppressed and those who are sort of sacrificial lambs. Um, and again, psychologically, it's, we all want the desire um, to, to capitalize, to imperialize, and to, you know, to take control of things. But that, but that leads us to, to unhappiness because we can never have total control. We're always going to die. We're mortal beings, but happiness is found in sort of relinquishing that control. Mm-hmm. Um, peace is found in saying, um, "It is to is to sort of um,
0: to not cling to control.
1: Yeah, to die to it, to 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 surrender.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think going back to the you know the kid who every day wakes up and he has this sort of sense of transcendent awe at just the way things are at being itself. And we, we forget those things because of the noise of the world. And so the same thing that's true is, we start to listen to the noise and start to believe that it's true. Like we, the world tells us we need to go to college um, to be successful. The world tells us that we need to have a lot of money to be successful. Well, if you look at Americans, like we have a lot of money, we have a lot of coll- collegiate degrees, and yet we're increasingly becoming more and more unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I think that like there's a lesson to be learned there is that happiness comes not from sort of Western ideals, but from a sort of a posture of being, a sort of receptive um,
0: happiness is suffering. Hmm? Happiness is is suffering. Yeah. It's it's what what you say, discontentness. Sure.
1: And the word, you know, compassion means to to suffer with, calm meaning with, and passion meaning to suffer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same word, I think compassion is, uh, don't quote me on this, I think compassion is Greek and sympathy is, um, I think no, compassion is Latin, sympathy is Greek, but they mean the same word, um, to suffer with. And that's that's what love is. Love is to suffer in solidarity and on behalf of another person. The ultimate act of love, the Christians would say, would be when, when the God, man, suffered with with all of humanity on the cross mm-hmm. as, by taking on sort of mortal form and, and, and dying with them. And with the atonement? Yeah, the atonement is so you have God in heaven, the Father and then you have creation and creation cannot be in relationship with God because of sin and disorder. Hmm. Um, but the, the, the great story of the gospel is that The God left, he left his space, came down to earth, entered into our disorder, took it upon himself. Scripture says he who had no sin became sin in order to die and to identify with us, right? And it's a very poetic way of saying that This it's just just pointing to this inexhaustible mystery that like, that the being itself is suffering, right? We want to answer the problem of suffering and the problem of evil with like with reasons. Like we want to say, oh, there's a reason that we suffer. There's a reason that there's evil in the world. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think that there is an answer other than we can point to an event in human history where this human being suffered and died an unjust death. And we identify that as God, and that is being itself, which is to say that uh, you know, the being itself, the existence itself, is suffering, um, but it's also love. It's, it's a giftedness. It's not anything that we did or deserved, but it's just the primordial act of being. And I think like, if you had if you sent new humans to Mars and, and, you, and you raised them as a blank slate, like you took two human beings two little babies, and you just shipped them off to Mars and mm-hmm. raised them without any belief in the world, like just as an experiment you I've thought give...
0: about that, like how would they turn out
1: yeah i I would say that they would they would turn out just as we turned out here you, you think? think so yeah
0: what, what do you mean with no
1: like like what you just give them like
0: like food <sighs> and then they like figured out like you, you don't know. You like, teach them how to do anything. Like kinda... how he was talking about with like uh, attributes, that they're like learned, like greed. Oh, okay. So like a in a in a theoretical perfect vacuum where they just grow. Yeah. Without learning, <laughs> pretty much.
1: Yeah. In high school, we had a kid named Lane McShane, and uh, he told us about
0: Lane McShane
1: how he wanted to raise his kid without any contact to the outside world. That's not an, good, though. As an experiment. No, I know. But he wanted to, every time he saw the kid, he would put on his elephant costume. And he would raise the kid. And, and on the TV, he would have nature documentaries of elephants all the time. And he would speak to his kid um, by only, like, like making noises. <laughs> by making <laughs> elephant noises. But as the kid matured into, a, into an adult, he would, like, train this kid rigorously in exercise and get this kid, like, jacked beyond measure. And then he would show the kid pictures of human beings, like humans, and every time he saw them, he would shock the kid to give it, like, a negative stimulus. So over time, the kid would associate the sight of a human's faith with just anger and rage. And after raising this kid to be, like, immensely jacked, he would just um, release him into the wild. (laughs) Into, into like New York, like slaughter everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> and he would see humans everywhere and just a rage. Um, but I think what is you wrong know with this man, <laughs> why the elephants? I don't know, but, <laughs> but but I think what he meant as a joke provides an opportunity for really thoughtful understanding. I know that the uh, the Enlightenment thinkers, I think it was, I don't I don't know if it was Locke or Rousseau. But they believed in a tabula rosa that man was born as this blank slate mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of been there's been a lot of intellectual debate about whether man is born as a blank slate and he's purely a product of um, nurture or whether man um, in his very nature has some sort of I think um, so because like with the DNA
0: like your DNA determines a lot about how are you gonna be?
1: Exactly, and we know that in reality, it's a mix of both nature and nurture. Yeah. Obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying again, when we're talking about the two children on Mars, they're gonna have very little nurturing, but they're still gonna have human nature.
0: Mm-hmm. So you think, like, even if they didn't learn greed from other people, they still develop it naturally. Yeah.
1: So then again, if you look at hu- yeah, if you look at human nature. um we have a sort of what I would call natural law, which is um, like all, all like, like I said earlier, all nations throughout the world came to the understanding independently that murder itself is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's natural law. It's a law that comes intuitively to us. And so if you drop these two young kids on Mars, they're still going to have that natural law in them and they're going to craft their own narratives I think instinctively, their own, their own faith, their mm-hmm. own traditions over time as they have children and children and children. Um, and they're going to, of course, just like we did here, have a multiple, um, like a great um, variety of traditions, a whole variety of creation narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess the question is wh- whether these kids are wrong or right. And I don't think it's binary. I think when you look at all the creation stories throughout the world, we can't say that they're, that they're necessarily wrong. Um, but I would say that we can, we can say that some are more right than others in so far as how much they, um, they relate to reality. So if you look at the story of Noah's Ark, for instance, it, it, it proves a really useful example because throughout the world, we have lots of different flood narratives and in, in, um, in America, among the indigenous, you have flood narratives. Um, but particularly in, in Mesopotamia, you had the story of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Have you guys heard of that? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. It's like the first written story, right?
1: Yeah, the Epic of Gil- Gilgamesh, it has the same sort of structure where it talks about there being this sort of this flood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have this Gilgamesh figure who, who sort of acts as this sort of salvific... Person who takes creation into this into the boat, Um, but going back even further to the creation narrative, you have among the Mesopotamian um, stories, it's called the story of Enuma Elish. Hmm. And the story says that creation was born from this one god ripping open the womb of a woman, he rips her up and sacrifices her, and out of that, all of the cosmos came into being and then you have the hebrew story of creation which says um, in the beginning um, there was nothing and then god spoke and creation came forth out of that yeah and so lots of people read that story as a um as a counter narrative to enuma elish it's written in context same with noah's ark and gilgamesh It's it's written in response to it, and it's a subversive retelling of it. So whereas Enuma at least said that creation started out of this primordial violence, in the Hebrew story you say creation was born out of this primordial peace where God just simply spoke. Out of the word. Yeah. And then um, you have the same thing uh, with the story of uh, Gilgamesh and Noah. But... In in the in the Gilgamesh story, the gods were much more punitive, and they wanted to, to they wanted to harm man. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Noah story, yes, um, God destroyed a lot of men, but but he also tried to save man, despite despite that. Um, so when I talk about the kid on Mars, the crafty narratives, yeah, they're all gonna be true to some extent, but some are are more true, and I would say I, that we're we're more born out of a sort of primordial peace than a primordial violence. It's natural for us to... To, 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 to cooperate. To, to cooperate. And it's only... Um, it's only as we grow up and, and, and learn greed and lust and violence that, uh, that problems start to emerge. Hmm. What's dark matter
0: made of? dark matter I don't know what's nothing made of nothing yeah what, I don't it's know it's not made of anything there's nothing yeah. you can't you can't describe nothing that's so like it's nothing. talking about darkness like black well I don't know when, when you, you said it, in the beginning color. in the beginning there was nothing that's, it, it yeah just you can't something. describe an absence of something because there's there's nothing to relate it to it seems like an impossible concept that well when you think about think about okay so how can uh
1: Okay, if you look at our universe, it's it's, exactly. expa- it's, it's expanding, no? Exactly. But yeah. to what is it expanding into? Exactly. That's what blows my mind. Like, yeah. I literally... Maybe it's just because... Because when you
0: think of that, you just think of more blackness out, <coughs> outside of it. Which which means, well, what is that? There, it's, it has to be some kind of... Well, it doesn't have to be anything. It's just my mind Whoa. trying to comprehend it. And I can only think of, of something. Yeah. Which I guess is just a the limitation of the human mind. Yeah. I can't literally think of anything. Nothing. But it makes me. Uh, what what is it? Because even nothing is yeah. something. You the can't un- you, you can't even define it. The universe expanding exactly. Where is like with with the edge of the universe? What is it expanding? Well, in- if
1: you go back in time, you know, as the as the limits of the cosmos shrink. Yeah. Then what was it? Right. If you go back far enough, wasn't there just nothingness? or was it just something really tightly packed for always? And if it was always that, then what caused it to explode? Don't ask me. Yeah, I have no idea. It's it's an interesting thought though. That that will always
0: <laughs> nothing. Trying to comprehend it. was comprehend the word I know of cuz the God universe spoke. the universe has to be infinite because or it has to be always be expanding and ha- how can infinity expand? What, well, well I don't know. I just a little, a little fun thought is, what would the universe be if not infinite? (laughs) You know, how could there be a confinement Mm. of space? What would be confining a big concrete wall? Oh yeah. You know, so (laughs) I don't know. I'm not making any points. Just, just weird. Yeah, just stating a weird idea. What do you think would happen
1: when you got to the edge of the universe? And if, you, and if you passed it. So if you, you could go fa- into if you, nothing? If you could go faster than than what it was.
0: What would you experience?
1: Like, I don't know. Does the universe expand at the speed of light? Surely it's faster than the speed of light.
0: Well, there's nothing faster than that.
1: Or we just haven't discovered it.
0: I bet there's something faster than the speed of light. That's fair. I bet there is. Because it's a... Is the universe... It's not slowing down. It's speeding up, isn't it? The expansion of the universe. It's not a constant rate. I got no clue. I don't remember. It's either slowing down or... Sp- I'm pretty sure it's speeding up. Well, eventually it's gonna... <coughs> it's gonna compress again. See, I just don't understand intuitively like how point. it could
1: keep expanding. Like, naturally, and there's an explosion, it, it slows down over time. Mm-hmm. But why is that not true for us?
0: The universe is very big. Time is very... What? We're, we're fleeting, you know? In the in the scale of the universe, I'm sure
1: we are. I'm sure. Well, what is time? Maybe there is no such thing as time.
0: Old time's just like a human construct. Yeah. It's not real. Time is. That's is time like, a metaphor? It's like A metaphor your perception of. I, I know, I'd say so. I okay. Mean,
1: here's a question I have. Who decided what a gram weighed? That's it. <laughs> and what was it? Well, it, it,
0: just who decided that our base counting system was ten? It all kind of revolves around. You know, it's because we have ten fingers. Uh, and a foot was... I don't know. I don't know what a foot was. Maybe the length of an arm. I feel like it's just things we see around us. And once we get a you base... You think we're
1: based off a system of ten because of our fingers? Yeah, that's exactly
0: why. I watched, I watched a YouTube video about it. So it's <laughs> true. Well, also... It was also talking about another interesting concept. Well, it makes sense, though, just because it's convenient. Another interesting concept is a base 12 counting system. Yes, I've heard of the base 12. Right? Isn't that so interesting? My godfather
1: is a mathematician, and so there's, like, base 12 timetables, even.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm. They say it's a lot easier for basic math. But, yeah, that's that's the reason I've heard, is because we have a base 10 counting system, because we have 10, you know,
1: 10 digits. 12 is a really interesting number, too, when you get into typology, because... What you find within, again, the Hebrew narratives is that there's the 12 tribes of Israel, but mm-hmm. also if you look into the stars, I think there's 12 major constellations, right?
0: Yeah. I think so. I think there's 12. Because there's 12 constellations for each month.
1: Yeah. Or 12, one, tw- one for each month. Yeah, and, there's, for and month. there's 12 months. What yeah. is it about 12 that's so special? Is it just because of the stars? Mm-mm. I don't think it's special. I think it's a coincidence. A coincidence? I do. Well, three is a coincidence, too, in a lot of cultures.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of numbers that mean a lot of things.
1: But is that a coincidence if it happens all the time? Well, okay, I guess it's not. No, I guess there's... You know what really pisses me off is when I watch a Hollywood movie, and the guy is trying to do his task, and I know when he's gonna fail, because he always only ever gets the job done on the third time. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like Karate Kid? I don't know. I, <laughs> I have, I know I have an that. example.
0: Finding the right Dairy Queen to pick up frozen chicken from uh, third times. It's always a, the third one. Third times a charm. I went to two wrong, not Dairy Queen. Um, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. <laughs> I went to two wrong locations before I found the right store to fucking pick up chicken from. And I was thinking that. Like, Were well. you sad about that though? No, I spent two hours <laughs> yeah. running around Tempe <laughs> on the clock. <laughs> yes, three's a magic number. That's why three is your favorite number. Although seven so
1: Explain three, because you say ten is because we have ten fingers. Where does three come from?
0: Three fingers. is like a perfect number. Yeah, how? Because I like it. Where you does... know
1: how, do we have three of anything in our body? We got two lungs. We got two eyes. Two nipples. We don't got three of anything.
0: We don't have three of anything? I'm sure I could find something have three of us. <laughs> I got three fingers. At least, <laughs> exactly. yeah, I don't know. Why is three a special number? Hmm. It's like I don't know. It's like so well balanced. Yeah. Why does it feel so natural? Exactly. I'm. I'm trying to. I don't know. I don't know the reason. Uh, um, but yeah, when when you think of it, it naturally feels like well, one, two, close three. three. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> you know. Do, do you have do you have that feeling? perfect conversation no, I number? know. Yeah, I, three I people is perfect. Three people is
1: yeah. It could be like a pyramid, like it's stable. It, yeah. Well, what is it? What is it about mountains that people have spiritual experiences on the top of them? Because they're closer to heaven. Right. So I think that must be it. Like a, you think it's a, like a mountain has has three points. Well, at least in the. Like, you think it's like a
0: primal thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously my own tradition would say that God is tr- trinitarian, so there's three forms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing that comes to mind, though.
0: Why is three? Such so it's three a and twelve. One? Three, twelve, and seven. Mm-hmm. And five. Actually, not really five. A lot. Odd numbers are way better than
1: each. How many apostles were there? Twelve. Coincidence.
0: How many? What? Apostles. apostles. Twelve apostles.
1: Well, that was done for a reason because Jesus was, that was his favorite trying number. to communicate yeah, that 12. he was recreating Israel. The 12, oh, like 12 tribes. Oh,
0: that's yeah. It's cool. Jesus is big brain. Jesus is big brain. Not as big brain as uh, Dave Ramsey, though. <laughs> <laughs> Have you taken. Sorry, his that's course? an inside joke. Yeah. You only understand it if you, you listen did? to our other podcast. Take Dave Ramsey's course? No. I, I listened to one of his books. My parents are like, you You need to listen to it. Like, oh.
1: I know he's really against debt of any kind. Yeah, he hates debt.
0: So Jesus is against debt. So he's flexing. He's like, I'm debt free. I'm sure Dave Ramsey. Cause cause like, you I was rich. a millionaire and then I went bankrupt. So, oh. He did? Oh. Yeah, when he was like 20. <coughs> Whoa. He did like real estate. Why is three a perfect number?
1: Should we Google it?
0: Yeah. Google doesn't know any more than we do. I'm sure Google will give us an answer. Like, but is it the right Why answer? Why is three the greatest number? It doesn't matter. Why is three the greatest number?
1: <laughs> well, nothing comes up there. <laughs> it is true. Why is three such an important number?
0: Three people? Like, it's it's such a good, well-rounded... It's, I feel like, because when you have two opposing point of views, you know, you got the third person. Exactly. It's uneven. Mm-hmm. It's objective. It's perfectly balanced. Yeah. As all things should be. To have a third point of view? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. You tell me. Tell me. No. (laughs) I don't want to, even though I know.
1: So, uh, what does this say?
0: Oh, it's just different religions. Yeah. Many world world
1: religions contain triple deities or concepts of the Trinity, including... The Hindu coincidence? the Hindu tridevia. No the three jewels of yes, Buddhism. The three pure ones of Taoism.
0: You think it's a coincidence that every or like most world religions have three deities? No, I think there's probably some very small insignificant reason, similar to us having ten fingers. <whistles> some small primal thing where we all just for
1: some reason relate to it. You know? Something mm. not that important. See, <laughs> I think it's probably written in our consciousness and that we should just accept it as mystery.
0: That's pretty cool. You know what's cool? The idea that for like 1.9 million years, we were just monkeys and all of a sudden we gained consciousness and we're like, where did we come from? That's still a crazy concept to me. That we have no fucking idea. Yeah. We are just like, wait a minute. I read, that, I read that
1: the coronavirus is affecting people who have Neanderthal DNA different than other people.
0: In a negative way?
1: Yeah, apparently there's some humans that have Neanderthal DNA and others that don't. Mm-hmm. That really bothers me. <laughs> Why? Well, go back far enough. That is somewhat unsettling. There must have been one Neanderthal and one Homo sapien you know boning yeah how much grosser were neanderthals but did they have consciousness at that point consciousness yeah were they self-aware, self-aware. yeah like what what when do humans become human in the in the time scale what what makes a human distinct from a monkey from a from whatever our predecessor was yeah
0: uh, don't ask me these hard questions
1: i don't know i feel like a, a I would good. say the faculty of reason.
0: Reason. That's I've heard that answer a lot. What makes the only thing that separates us from animals is reason. Who that, that's by some someone came up with that idea. Who was that? It was a philosopher.
1: Uh, I think probably Aristotle. Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're the reasonable animals. But then again, okay, you have humans who are born as like potatoes and they don't have the faculty of reason. Mm-hmm. Or my sister's got special needs. She doesn't have as developed a faculty of reason than myself. Uh So the question is, is a potato not human? And is my sister any less human than I am?
0: Well, I'd say since your sister still has, like, some ability to reason, that she...
1: Okay, what about a potato, then? Someone who can't think.
0: Yeah, like a vegetable. Someone in a coma? Yeah,
1: are they not human?
0: Well, like, going back to our other podcast, where you talk about human essence or your spirit yeah it's, I feel like it's your experiences
1: and what you've done up to that point and for I don't so what about a baby the baby doesn't have any experiences are they not yeah but it still the, the human be... spark okay what's
0: the spark I don't know your spirit or your soul well let's try and define it okay, right now okay so humans have souls
1: and monkeys don't What? what's
0: the so difference? what is the soul hey, I'm not I'm just like well yeah we're all we're just having a discussion what makes you what makes you think that Let's try and deduce it right now. This is fun.
1: What makes a human a human?
0: Well, we've tried. We tried that on the other podcast too. We went through a whole. Uh, so you would say that a. Potato, yeah, what's a what's your opinion? opinion? Yeah. What's your opinion?
1: Yeah, I would say a brain dead person is still a human. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though they can't reason. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we'll cross that off the list. So reason isn't what makes a human a human, reasoning.
1: Well, it could be it could be a compilation of many factors. <clears throat> but what's the one that's like definitive? Okay, yeah. So if you have a hu- if you have a human, here's what I think you mean by spark. If you have a human that's dead, that's a corpse, not a human. Exactly. So a, h- a human by by necessity is something living. Yeah. Okay. But again, a human a human's uh, a sunflower is not a human. Um, but what, what distinguishes, um, what distinguishes we're an animal, not a vegetative um, mm-hmm. being. And what, what distinguishes vegetative beings from animals is that am, animals have mobility, right? A plant can't move in the same way that a dog can or an otter can.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So humans, I, I would have to say, like, that's one thing that distinguishes them is that they're mobile. So there's, like... So
0: in the end, there's got there's a, there's several criteria. You don't think there's one combination. thing. combination.
1: Yeah, I would say that. Obviously, human. What distinguishes humans is that they're mammals. Mm. Um, I, I would say that. Uh, that we're. Um, there's a book actually I have in my closet called Homo Ludens, Man the Plain Animal and they say that what distinguishes humans is that they naturally play and that they build culture. Hmm. So dogs, we can say they can play, like we see them running around. But if you look at what humans do is they build like giant coliseums to play football Like no other animal does that. Um, We play very complex games. So that's another thing that distinguishes us. Also, um, But I don't think that would Make you human
0: necessarily? A criteria for. If you being didn't human. play games, you'd still be human. Well, it's more like. I thought fun, yeah. you know that doing things okay, for Okay, but what fun. about like a potato? A potato? Well, they're still human, but they don't. They're still it. human because they might not meet all the criteria. But they but meet some of them. Is that is that kind of what we're coming down to? Because yeah, a potato. Well, so they when, don't meet the reason criteria or necessarily the mobility criteria, or. Though. but okay let's say this someone who because in my mind you think okay so let's kill him right let's kill this let's kill this potato but maybe the thing that's keeping them human is that they have the potential to maybe wake up again
1: oh mm. yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. because okay now yeah okay
1: but you have there's a difference between a person in a vegetative state and someone who's brain dead yeah someone who's brain dead maybe is not human
0: i think they'd be closer to like a corpse yeah someone who has no chance of reawakening because you know all brain activity stops but their meat is still moving around it's It's, kind of gross it's like a moving corpse
1: well you you have a chicken and you cut the chicken's head off and the chicken runs around still like it's yeah it but again like is that still a chicken is a brain is someone who's brain dead a human i don't know i have a hard time no. It's like a fine line between the uh human corpse with that well, I've heard a lot of people who are in like comas they still have a state of consciousness, oh God, which sounds like hell to me yeah to <laughs> um dude, I see my sister's fish out here in the <laughs> living room, and I think, dude that thing must be living through hell because it's <laughs> in the same like half foot by half foot I square with box with no friends just. He's got Water. no one to communicate to, and it just swims back and forth, and it doesn't have an arm with which to kill itself. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I read that Hitler Hitler said that, I think he outlawed, like, round fishbowls. Have you heard this? No. Right, let me, Why? Let me pull this up. It had no arm
0: with which to kill itself. <laughs> Tragic. Dude, this is oh, depressing. It's, the, it's like, what, what's that one book? I never read that book. I have no... I'm, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Oh, yeah. What's that? Some dy- that's like a dystopian future where AI or, like, machines take over the world, isn't it? But it was written. I don't know. It was written, like, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Now I want to read it. Okay. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about, Noah? No. That book?
1: What's the... No, I don't
0: know. Like, I have no... I'm butchering the name. I don't know which part comes first. <laughs>
1: no, here it is. Adolf Hitler thought it was cruel to put goldfish in a round fishbowl. Because it gave them no corners to hide in. He then passes a law prohibiting the buy-in and the use of round fish bowls. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you
0: know and then <laughs> kill a lot of Jews. Jews. Wow.
1: Oh, was Hitler a vegetarian? Yeah, I like I've heard that like he was
0: like like super wholesome in like some aspect. Like he loved his dogs a lot. <laughs> he was like vegetarian and stuff.
1: An examination of Hitler's remains carried out by French scientists in twenty seventeen Found no traces of meat fiber in the tartar of Hitler's teeth. The tartar, <laughs> tartar. I like tartar better. <laughs> tartar. tar-tar. tar-tar.
0: <laughs> what was I googling? Oh. Uh, no longer human. The I have no mouth and I must scream.
1: You know, oh, yeah. there's no the, longer human is a book that I read. There's something about people who believe a lot in animal rights that that they also simultaneously seem to hate humans. Yeah.
0: You've seen that cover before, though. Mm-hmm. No, I have not. You've never seen that. No, it's I have no mouth, and synopsis. I must scream. I don't, I don't know why I'm getting stuck on this now. What, why do not even? Yeah, Hitler
1: know? also didn't ever smoke tobacco or drink alcohol.
0: You never drank.
1: No, yeah. or or I think maybe, I don't know about coffee either.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, Hitler was, a, you know, not a. Hitler, Hitler was, he was a pretty bad guy. Yeah. (laughs) Now I just like watching the lines. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. And I'm going to scream synopsis. Now I'm reading the summary of this. That's that's still interesting.
1: Have you guys ever played the Wikipedia game where you start off on a page? Yes,
0: dude. We got from Oreos to Jesus.
1: Do you guys want to play that right now?
0: That is a fun game.
1: Or later later
0: Wait, should we play it on the podcast no that's pretty no, boring, boring. <laughs> we should probably just wrap this one up i think what it's are we at 10, right now 42 minutes that's not too bad. then when we add an intro yeah we kind of just yeah we're probably we gonna do just, a fade in yeah yeah let's be like a uh, little introduction this is Noah. yeah this so is just a little segment
1: well uh, i think thank I was, you guys for having me on
0: yeah of course Noah. thanks for we'll the, have to have you again
1: although i'm a little jealous your last guest got an hour and a half
0: Do you want an hour and a half? Yeah, we can keep going as long as you want.
1: No, I'll just join another time.
0: Yeah. You're just going to keep being jealous? Well, we can have multiple parts to every... I'd like to have people on multiple times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cool. Sweet. Um, Well, Noah, yeah, yeah, thanks for... uh, Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, you really... Thanks for the enlightenment. You carried the conversation. I liked the little anecdotes along with your stories. Like, along with your... uh, Philosophy. That was interesting how you sprinkled in a little bit of personal experience. Mm. Like with uh what's that guy's name? Jake. Jake. And, and <laughs> and all I my homies hate Jake. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Jake. But that was that was pretty fun. I say we should do that again. Yeah, that was a solid conversation. And uh well with that you know, and as always, don't take advice from anyone else but us. That's right. Wait, no, do you have any parting words? Any uh, knowledge to drop?
1: As you wake up tomorrow, open up your window and be reminded that the sun does not belong to you. You belong to the sun.
0: (laughs) Interesting. Is that a... Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, Bye. Love you next time. (laughs) Bye.
0: Bye.